The others resented postponement, but it was just his scruples that charmed me. I adjured him to write by the first post, and to agree with us for an early hearing. Then I asked him if the experience in question had been his own. To this his answer was prompt. Oh, thank God, no! And is the record yours? You took the thing down? Nothing but the impression. I took that here, he tapped his heart. I've never lost it. Then your manuscript? Is in old faded ink and in the most beautiful hand. He hung fire again. A woman's. She has been dead these twenty years. She sent me the pages in question before she died. They were all listening now, and of course there was somebody to be arch, or at any rate to draw the inference but if he put the inference by without a smile it was also without irritation. She was a most charming person, but she was ten years older than I. She was my sister's governess, he quietly said. She was the most agreeable woman I've ever known in her position. She'd have been worthy of any whatever. It was long ago, and this episode was long before. I was at Trinity, and I found her at home on my coming down the second summer. I was much there that year. It was a beautiful one, and we had in her off hours some strolls and talks in the garden, talks in which she struck me as awfully clever and nice. Oh, yes, don't grin. I liked her extremely, and am glad to this day to think she liked me too. If she hadn't, she wouldn't have told me. She had never told anyone— It wasn't simply that she said so, but that I knew she hadn't. I was sure. I could see. You'll easily judge why, when you hear. Because the thing had been such a scare? He continued to fix me. You'll easily judge, he repeated. You will. I fixed him, too. I see. She was in love. He laughed for the first time. You are acute. Yes, she was in love. That is, she had been. That came out. She couldn't tell her story without its coming out. I saw it, and she saw I saw it, but neither of us spoke of it. I remember the time and the place, the corner of the lawn, the shade of the great beeches, and the long, hot summer afternoon. It wasn't a scene for a shudder, but, oh, He quitted the fire and dropped back into his chair. "'You'll receive the packet Thursday morning?' I said. "'Probably not till the second post. Well, then, after dinner, you'll all meet me here?' He looked us round again. "'Isn't anybody going?' It was almost the tone of hope. "'Everybody will stay.' "'I will, and I will,' cried the ladies, whose departure had been fixed. Mrs. Griffin, however, expressed the need for a little more light. Who was it she was in love with? The story will tell, I took upon myself to reply. Oh, I can't wait for the story. The story won't tell, said Douglas, not in any literal, vulgar way. More's the pity, then. That's the only way I ever understand. Won't you tell, Douglas? Somebody else inquired. He sprang to his feet again. Yes. Tomorrow. Now I must go to bed. Good night. And 
Quickly catching up a candlestick, he left us, slightly bewildered. From our end of the great brown hall we heard his step on the stair, whereupon Mrs. Griffin spoke. Well, if I don't know who she was in love with, I know who he was. She was ten years older, said her husband. Raison de plus, at that age. But it's rather nice, his long reticence. Forty years, Griffin put in, with this outbreak at last. The outbreak, I returned, will make a tremendous occasion of Thursday night. And everyone so agreed with me that in the light of it we lost all attention for everything else. The last story, however incomplete and like the mere opening of a serial, had been told. We hand-shook and candle-stuck, as somebody said, and went to bed. I knew the next day that a letter containing the key had, by the first post, gone off to his London apartments, but in spite of— or perhaps.